Jesus said, beware. Don't walk like the scribes. Their steps will get you into trouble. Now, this might seem kind of obvious to us, but in the first century, the scribes were the religious superheroes of the day. These were the people who devoted their whole life to the study of, of God's Word. These are the folks who studied year after year, copied letter by letter the Word down. And so they knew what the Word of God said. And they were respected. They were lifted up by the community. The scribes, those are the ones who walk in the way of God. And let's follow. But Jesus said, beware. Beware. And then he makes a generalization. He lumps all the group of people into one group. Not good to do, but does so for the purpose of teaching. The scribes, they walk around. They want the best places at the table. They delight in the respect of the community. And on the side, they devour the homes of widows. Knowing what God's word is, they step in a different direction and instead take advantage of the most vulnerable in the midst of the community. And as a result, they are under a judgment of God. Beware of how you step, O people of God, for it can have a negative effect on your spiritual health and life. This past weekend, there have been two famous historical anniversaries. Today, we celebrate 100 years of the end of World War I. And on Friday, 80 years ago, 1938 in Germany, is the anniversary of Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass. This historic event occurred out of the hatred found against the Jewish people in Germany and around Europe, the anti-Semitism that was a part of the culture. And Nazis, SA paramilitarists, went and destroyed 267 synagogues. 7,000 Jewish businesses were destroyed on that night and into the next day. 30,000 Jewish men were carted off, arrested, thrown into concentration camps, and among the first of the victims of the Holocaust. And the government allowed it to happen. And worse than that, the churches in Germany, Lutheran, Catholic, they allowed for Kristallnacht to happen without a meaningful response. This past Friday, our regional ELCA bishops came out with a statement. And if you're interested in it, um, there will be a link um, on the sermon podcast to the document. And also, it's in the back if you want to take a copy of it home with you. But the regional ELCA bishops came, and on the 80th anniversary, they issued this statement talking about the horror and how the church stepped in the wrong direction 80 years ago. They quoted 
1994 um, apology, the ELCA, to the Jewish community. And in part, it reads, the Lutheran community of faith is linked by name and heritage to the memory of Martin Luther, teacher and reformer. Honoring his name in our own, we, call, we recall his bold stand for truth. And in the spirit of that truth-telling, we who bear his name and heritage must with pain acknowledge also Luther's anti-Judaic diatribes and the violent recommendation of his later writings against the Jews. And if you're not familiar with those writings, basically said to burn their synagogues and to take their possessions. It was a step in the wrong direction. It was a step that lacked the love and compassion of Christ. And I'm grateful for our bishops to lifting up the complicity of the church in taking that wrong move. We'll get more at the end of the sermon from that document. In this gospel where Jesus talks about stepping in the right direction, he has an example before him. Many rich people coming into the temple treasury to offer their offerings and a poor widow offering hers. The second part of our gospel is often used on stewardship Sundays to talk about the importance of giving and sacrificial giving when we share what we have and it comes from a place of our heart then ministry is strengthened. Today I want to, oh by the way, if you haven't turned in your pledge card please do so. We need them in and they really do help. But I want to go today to the steps before the giving, the steps before even entering into the treasury, because that is where the heart of Jesus' story really lies. It's what's in the hearts of the people who come to offer. The rich folks that come, they come from a place of abundance. They have wealth, and with wealth in the first century, and also today, comes options choices. They can choose what they eat. They can choose where they go. They can choose who they associate with. The wealthy folks come in a sense of confidence. They project assurance to the crowd as they offer with a grand flourish an abundant gift. Their steps, though, come from a place that revolves more around themselves than God. It revolves around their need to control their life through their possessions, to hold back a little bit so they have options for the future. They are concerned about taking care ultimately of themselves, maybe others if there's extra. But don't see life as a gift primarily from God. They don't see that everything they have comes as a blessing from God. Their very next breath, they depend upon God. Instead, they buy into the lie that their own smarts, their own hard work, their own 
their own is what has given them the blessings of the day. On the other hand, we have the young widow, the poor widow. She has but two coins. The evaluation here is somewhere about one thirty-second of a day's wage. And if a day's wage is what you need in order to survive the day, there's no way she is providing for herself with those two coins. There's no way she knows that life itself, every breath comes from God. So the steps she takes is one of generosity. It's one of offering herself to God. It's one that sees that in this day, if it were not for God, she would cease to exist. Two different steps. Two different approaches. One relies on God, and the other relies on the self. Jesus encourages his followers to rely on God. At the very start of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is near. It's here. It's now. It's right here as we live and live together in community. Repent. It means more than just stop doing the bad stuff in life. It means do Walk in the direction of God's love and mercy and compassion. Walk in the direction of God's kindness. Turn to God and believe, trust. Know that this day comes to us, not by our own doing, but by God's. That's the steps that we're invited to walk in. Let me get back to that letter by the bishop. And they write at the end, at the heart of our theology is the care for the neighbor. We are freed by God's grace to live out our vocation as neighbor. In the light of the recent attacks in Pittsburgh and the rise of anti-Semitic speech and actions, we as followers of Christ must live out God's commandments to love God with our whole being, love our neighbors as ourselves, for it is in the neighbor that we see the face of God. Thank you, dear bishops, for being a voice of teaching to the church. We are encouraged in the face of all that dehumanizes, all that judges, all that hates, we are called as the church to step out boldly in love, to be the hands, the feet, the heart of Jesus in this time, and to take a different stand than when we did back 80 years ago. Have you gotten your steps in today? Have you gotten your spiritual steps in? The love, the compassion, the kindness, the courage to stand up for others. Let's get start walking, folks. Amen.